Thank you for listening to the PFFUI podcast. On today's show, President Tony Murray and Vice President Mike Whitehead discuss the Indiana General Assembly and PFFUI's legislative priorities. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the PFFUI podcast. I am Eric Shoeb, and I'm joined today by President Tony Murray and Vice President Mike Whited. And we're going to be talking today about the Indiana General Assembly and the legislative session. Uh, session has been un- underway for about two weeks now, and uh, we are tracking numerous bills. So, uh, Tony, why don't you tell us what the PFFUI is doing at the State House right now? All right, so we're well into it. This is week two, as you mentioned, Eric, of the Legislative session. This is a long session, so we're going to be uh, probably going through the end of April. Um, so a long way to go, but a lot has happened in the first two weeks um, of the session. Um, but before we go into this, I just want to uh, mention that uh, one thing, too. In next month, um, we're going to be hosting um, about 100 of our uh, union leaders uh, from uh, locals across the state at our partnership education program that we offer uh, classes to these um, leaders coming in uh, through the IFF. They're sending a, a cadre of instructors to provide this. And then the following day, uh, in, on February 21st, uh, we will have our uh, half a day uh, Thomas H. Miller Legislative Conference uh, here in Indianapolis. And it's also a good time. We'll have a lot of speakers, uh, you know, maybe legislators, maybe other people that are involved in, in the legislative process come over and talk to. Uh, our members and leaders assembled in the conference. Uh, but it's a great time for our members also to, uh, before they hit the road back home, to stop over at the State House and visit with their legislators uh, to help, I think, us, um, Mike, Tom, and I, uh, to, to give a little extra push to the priority legislative uh, pieces that we're working on. It always helps to hear from the members back home uh, when you're a uh, legislator at the State Capitol. All right, great. Uh, so, Mike, about how many bills are the, the PFFUI currently tracking right now? We're tracking probably 100 bills, maybe a little more, and I expect it to go up another 50 or 60 before uh, it's all done. Um, they started dropping a week ago, and they've, they've been dropping 50 to 100 a day. So they're going through and, and finding our bills that legislators have filed on our behalf and then looking at bills that uh, other legislators are, are dropping. Oh, wow. So maybe we can take an opportunity to explain to our members how we track legislation at the state house because hundreds of bills sounds like a lot, and it sounds like a lot for just three people. So what are some ways that we track those bills uh, at the state level? Well, we have a, a program that uh, we use that uh, – shows the bills that have been dropping and then we can go in and prioritize and mark the ones that uh, that are ours and it gives us alerts when they're going into committee but i wanted to start off with uh, you know we've got our legislative priorities and uh, we started working on our legislation this session we started working on it the day after last session ended we started uh, 
talking to the legislators um, about the ones that we wanted to carry our legislation, uh, doing the legwork on uh, who we needed to carry it and explaining the bills and running all the traps. Uh, we started meeting with uh, uh, the other organizations that could be affected by some of the legislation that we wanted done and uh, explaining what, uh, what our bill or what our ideas uh, did so we could answer all the questions well before this session started. So a lot of our priority bills we've been talking about for months before they ever hit the, the, the state house. And I would say generally speaking, um, to start forming your legislative agenda, uh, you don't do that on the first day of the legislative session. Like Mike said, uh, that's uh, <laughs> it, it takes a lot of preparation, a lot of discussions, and a lot of uh, shared ideas, I think, to, to hone these things in. We, we've had great uh, success at the General Assembly for quite a few years now, and it's not by accident. It's because we do all the, the, the legwork beforehand. And uh, you'll see a lot of our legislation will pass unanimous out of both uh, chambers, and a lot of other organizations don't uh, get that kind of success. So what are PFFUI's legislative priorities for this session? Well, we've got a few, and, and a lot of our stuff is moving early. We've got uh, um, our police and fire uh, merit that passed out of our convention in 2020 unanimous. It currently in law, both the firefighters and the legislative branch have to vote they want a merit system to get one. What we're wanting to do is reverse it to where you will have a merit system unless both parties vote to not have a merit system. Uh, that one actually passed out a committee and uh, passed out committee unanimous. And it's going to the next week, it'll go to uh, the floor for uh, amendments, second reading amendments, and then pass, uh, it should pass next week out of thirds and then at halftime, the second half, it'll go over to the Senate to start the process all over. That, that's one of our priorities. Another one is um, firefighter rights. There's in current statute, there's a, um, a law that speaks about how firefighters are disciplined, how that process works, but it excluded uh, fire districts and fire territories. And we think what happened when that was put in law, there wasn't any in existence. So we've went in and, and added fire territories and fire districts to that existing law. That actually passed out a committee unanimous, and it's going to be going before the full uh, House next week for seconds and third readings. And that's, a, I think, on that particular bill, we have more and more districts and territories being formed um, that we are, that those are our members. And I think that it's really important that all of our members receive the same protections and benefits um, you know under the law so so it's important that we dive into this and, and get it and we and I think overall we really have great uh, bill sponsors both primary sponsors and we have a lot of our pieces um, are uh, getting great uh, response and co-sponsorship as well people uh, legislators signing on so yeah and and then another one of our priority bills is uh, we're asking for a, a increase in our COLA. In the 77 fund, we're fortunate that we're only one of two 
of the nine pension systems that Indiana has that has an automatic COLA. It's a 77 fund in the judges. And Mike, uh, sorry, but what does COLA mean just for some it's of our listeners who might it's not? It's a cost of living raise. Okay. When you retire in the 77 fund, um, we have what's a, the cost of living raise, and it's tied to the CPI. Uh, and uh, But we have a max cap on that at 3%. Well, historically, we don't go over the, we haven't went over the 3%, except last year with the high inflation, the CPI was over 8%, but we were capped at 3 So we were, we're asking to increase that uh, to 5%, and that's not an easy lift because one of three things have to happen. One there's got to be an influx of money into the fund or two, the fund's going to take a hit and it's going to, the actuarially funding is going to drop or three, the employers are going to have to pay more money to keep it the actuarially funded. What we're asking is the state put money in the 77 fund to keep it actuarially funded. We don't want to hurt the fund. We also want to help our retired members uh, when during these times of high inflation. It's a cost of a little over $90 million to, to do this. So um, it's a heavy lift, but we've been running the traps. Um, we've got a bill now, and uh, we're hoping to get a hearing. It's going to end up getting recommitted to Ways and Means. It's a long ways to get it passed, but we're, we're there working every day to get this done. Also, in this same bill, is a technical corrections. When we had the the 25 year longevity put in the, into law where you could bargain up to 25 years longevity in your uh, uh, pension, uh, what was passed and what was printed in law was different. It uh, What was passed was up to 25 years longevity. What was printed was less than 25 years. So in this bill here, we're, uh, correcting that to make sure it says uh, up to 25 years. And that helps, uh, that particular thing, it really helps uh, our locals negotiate um, for an additional five years of longevity, which this law says can be applied to creating your pension base. So it, it, it's very helpful. It gives some options. It provides some tools. One thing that I'll say with, with regard to the um, our efforts on, the, on increasing the COLA max in the 77 fund is, you know, it, it does take a lot of work, I think, in, in discussions. Uh, it is the appropriate time to do it because we are in a period of high inflation and our retirees are certainly feeling um, that, you know, who are on fixed incomes. Um, but at the same time, it's a budget year, uh, so this is the appropriate time to be speaking about this. And, you know, like Mike said, um, you know, over $90 million is, is not a, a, uh, a simple thing to do, but we really feel like that's the right thing to do and, and asking the legislature to insert that funds in those funds into uh, this effort to increase our COLA is appropriate. And you know, our predecessors and the way this the 77 fund has been designed and, and how our union and the state FOP, the attitude towards trying to keep the fund uh, solvent and balanced so it's here for our members today uh, who are on the on the retirement, but also for our members 
uh, in the future is very important. And, and we have demonstrated good behavior and responsible uh, reactions to that. So, I, you know, I think that, that we have been responsible, and, and this is the, the best approach to try to, uh, to do that. And, and like Mike said, we'll be, we'll be working every single day to see how we can get this going. And, and uh, I'm learning this process is a little bit complex when you're talking about um, making law and policy. Uh, in state house. <laughs> so what are some other things that our members can look forward to well, coming from the state house? We're this also session? looking at um, still on our priority list is in both of these bills actually passed out a committee also. Like I said, we've, we've, we've had a pretty good successful week. Uh, one of them is um, taking care of our uh, 911 dispatchers in, in Marion County and around the state. Um, there's a law in the books, or there's no law in the books that prevents local units of government to pass an ordinance restricting where those dispatchers live. In Marion County, they have to live within the, the city limits of uh, Indianapolis. So uh, we're asking that uh, they put in the Indiana Code law that says you can't do that that dispatchers can live outside the county where they work this is going to help them uh, with hiring bring them in um, like i said this one passed out a committee it's going it's in the senate it'll go before the senate on uh, seconds and thirds and uh, we don't expect any problems with that uh, also we're looking at uh, uh, airport firefighters indianapolis airport firefighters um, they want to get into the 77 fund. They're currently in civilian PERF. Um, so we're tweaking the, the law that says that uh, airport authority firefighters can join the, the 77 fund. It's specific in there that uh, the airport, Indianapolis Airport Authority or an airport authority can bring them in. It doesn't mandate the airport has to do it, but it says they can. Makes them eligible to, makes to them be el part participants in the fund, yeah. Right. And then yeah. also in this uh, 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 bill, in committee, it was amended. And what the amendment was, it, uh, it increases the hiring age for firefighters. Currently in law, it says you have to be appointed before your 36th birthday. This amendment allows... Uh, appointed before your 40th birthday. This was done to the police a few sessions ago. We stayed out of it because we didn't know if this was going to hurt the fund or not because the older you bring somebody on, the chances of them going off on the disability increases. So our our thought was let's let the police do it for uh, a few years. We'll monitor it, see if it's had any kind of negative impact on the fund. If it doesn't, then let's uh, let's go ahead and do it for the fire also. Uh, and, and that was the start, really, too, of their initial challenges at that time with recruitment. So it really sort of helped the police um, advance their recruitment efforts, too. Is, Correct. You know. And now we're seeing uh, recruitment on the fire side also. And uh, Emperors is saying they can't really measure if it's had a negative impact on the fund. So we're we're not opposing it um, but if this passes it'll will allow uh, up to uh, 40th before your 40th birthday to get hired on the fire department yeah and that one passed out a committee and we'll, we'll be monitoring that too uh, assuming that it passes 
we'll always keep an eye on that and see if that you know if if there is a negative effect of doing something like that you know so we'll we'll keep we'll keep an eye and, and we've got a great um, communication and, and relationship with um, the impers uh, managers and also yep and so. then we've got a couple that we're we've got our hands on that we, we've been working with the authors on these and this is uh, uh, deals with PFOS. Uh, we're learning more and more about PFOS every year. Uh, PFOS is in our, the phone that we uh, that we use, the AFFF phone. It uh, causes cancer. Uh, like I said, we're learning more and more about it. Uh, a couple sessions ago, we, we banned the use of AFFF phone. Don't train with it, don't demonstrate with it, only use it for the intended purposes. And now we're looking at uh, uh, PFOS in our blood. Uh, we're cancer in the fire service is on the rise. There's now correlation between PFOS and the cancer. Um, so one of the bills is uh, has to do with monitoring firefighters' blood. Uh, we've been working with this legislator for the past three sessions, and uh, what it's going to do is uh, create a database. There'll be uh, roughly a thousand firefighters in Indiana broken up in uh, different sections of the Indiana and uh, uh, volunteer only, volunteer basis, but uh, have your blood tested and check the levels of the PFOS in it. Uh, a few years ago, we didn't know what levels were bad. Now we know uh, what levels are bad, what levels are good, and uh, start running some tests on firefighters to see if there's a correlation on that. That one's supposed to be getting a hearing on uh, January 30th. And then the other one is uh, our turnout gear has got PFOS in it. That's what makes it water repellent. So um, we want to uh, look at uh, putting labels on the, our protective gear that says this gear contains PFOS. Unfortunately, there's no manufacturer that makes PFOS-free turnout gear, hmm. but we're, this is the, the, the beginning stages of starting to do some things about our turnout gear and uh, we're going to do some awareness from the PFFUI on what not to do with your turnout gear. We're going to be doing some public safety announcements with that in the future here but uh, this bill is going to be heard in committee next week, next Monday and uh, this will uh, start bringing awareness to PFOS in our, in our gear. And help with some initiatives I think too uh, both working with the NFPA and trying to change the standard uh, to allow for the elimination of uh, uh, the, the how they test uh, gear with the UV, uh, uh, I think it's NFPA 1970 um, that's being evaluated right now. And we, the PFFUI uh, uh, did send a letter in the public comment uh, that uh, supported uh, changing that standard, um, which will help, I think, uh, alleviate the 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 need and the use of PFAS chemicals uh, in the gear. And, and then there's a couple bills that's been filed that's uh, more than likely going to get sent to a summer study committee. Uh, probably PMOC, the Pension Management Oversight Commission. And what that is, it's a, it's a, a standing committee made up of the, the legislators, both uh, Democrat and Republican, House and Senate. And they discuss pension issues, uh, the cost out the pension, and then they give their seal of approval, and then it goes back to the next session. 
but those two bills are one that a senator wants to look at uh, changing our drop uh, deferred retirement option plan from a three-year drop to a five-year drop uh, they're going to have to study to see if that's got a cost factor to the, the fund and then the other one is uh, there's a, a senator looking at uh, lowering the vesting age or the vesting time down to 10 years instead of 20. Um, that's more than likely going to have a cost, so he's asking that go to PMOC. So these two bills, if they go to PMOC, you know, it's, it's going to be this summer. If they get a favorable recommendation from PMOC, they'll come back in the 24 session to, to go through the process. So uh, some of our members may be hearing about these issues. Um, it's this isn't something that's probably going to pass this session. If it, it's going to take some time to study it, and you know our main objective is, we don't want to hurt the the pension fund. We want this fund to be uh, around for us and future re uh, future members. And it truly is that you know when something goes to PMOC to be studied, they truly study it. And anything that has to do with the pension. Um, really sort of originates and, and should be looked at in that summer study uh, to see if it's worthy of a bill uh, going into the session. Because the one thing that nobody's interested in is wasting time or energy on a bill that, uh, you know, hasn't been thoroughly vetted uh, or has no chance of, of um, passing because it, it, it you know, is, doesn't do anything <laughs> or, you know, does something bad. So take a look at it, and, and it's this is the very, very early stage. But we know that members are talking about this and, and hearing about this, but we just kind of want to address that, and we'll be following this through the, the whole time. And, and um, Mike and I and, and, and Tom, our legislative team, um, also attend those uh, PMOC uh, meetings in, in the summer and have those conversations with legislators. Uh, it's, it's a combined um, summer uh, committee, uh, both with uh, Senate members and uh, House members. So what can our members do if they have any questions concerning any legislation or potential legislation for this General Assembly? I think they need to call Tom Hannafy at, I'm just kidding, uh, <laughs> and call twice. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, they can reach out to, to any of us, really. I mean, um, either Mike or myself or Tom, and, and we're all in constant you know, communication and working this uh, together. Uh, email is great, too, or just even send a text. But I do encourage one of the, the best ways to sort of get some information about, and, and the, the session is fluid, so things change daily almost. Uh, we still have bills being filed, as Mike mentioned early on. Um, but, you know, one way is to come to the legislative uh, uh, conference that we're going to have on February 21st. That's where we try to really update leadership so they can take that information back home. Um, but also what we're uh, doing more of is um, trying to uh, provide information through our social media platforms with the PFFUI uh, because we know that members are getting a lot of their information, especially the, the up-to-date, you know, daily, hourly changing information. Uh, we want to provide that information through our social media platforms just to keep members updated. If there's something that they're interested in specifically, uh, it's, it's there and provide clickable link to go look at the entire bill. But I think it's fair to say, I mean, using their district vice president and the con or contacting us directly, um, if we have an answer, we'll be glad to provide it. Yeah. We're also there not only trying to usher our bills through, we're also looking at 
bills that are filed that could be a detriment to local units of government uh, that deal with taxes. Uh, we dealt with last session uh, the elimination of the business personal property tax. That was going to be a negative billion dollars a year loss to local governments or local units of government. And uh, we were, us and other organizations were successful in uh, uh, stopping that. This session here, there's been some bills filed to do that again. They don't, I don't think they had the steam like they did last year, last session. But uh, there's also a big push on uh, uh, capping the assessment on uh, property taxes. Uh, we're watch watching all that and working through that to make sure that local units of, of government don't get hurt because if they do, that's money that uh, we can bargain for. So we're, we're out there uh, working, keeping an eye on that also. And testifying where we need to be. Uh, on these issues to either for or against, you know, particular measures. Um, but, you know, in addition to our interests, and I, I consider included in our interests, like Mike said, is uh, funding and revenue sources for cities, towns, townships, territories, districts, um, all of those that, that you know, uh, where our members are and where our members are working. I would be um, remiss if I didn't talk a little bit about, um, and, and I've gotten some calls about, um, the the funding um, that the governor has requested in uh, his uh, agenda for this legislative and budget session um, to go to expanding fire training in the state of Indiana to the tune of $24.5 million to um, help facilitate um, funding to already established regional training centers across the state. But in addition to that, uh, increasing the number of regional training centers uh, and IDHS and, and Director Thacker and, and the Fire Marshal um, have obviously been working alongside the governor and his staff uh, to build this program. If you haven't seen it, it's called the Hub and Spoke uh, Program, and, and it's out on the IDHS website. Um, but really the effort is to, for the first time, uh, insert a, a really respectable amount of funding uh, into the fire service for training. There's some other things that are involved in in, in those recommendations as well that, that go uh, to, to the volunteer side of fire service with regard to some gear issues and, and items. Uh, so for the governor, um, the first time that I'm aware of, the governor Indiana has included um, fire service as a, as a highlight in his um, legislative agenda or priorities for the budget uh, cycle. In addition to that, I think that um, a lot of our members may have heard of the, the uh, the Governor's Commission on Health report um, that was uh, recently released and uh, is being talked about uh, to get Hoosiers healthier and to do that through uh, local communities, you know, um, the health departments and all. But also for the first time, EMS in in that report, EMS has been regarded as a um, essential component of healthcare and public health. So we have some opportunities there. I think if, if, if that particular uh, side of the budget is funded uh, to help increase um, the number of paramedics in the state, number of EMTs, and to help our departments do that uh, with some offsetting of costs to get uh, members trained up in that area. Uh, and to develop um, mobile integrated health programs, community paramedicine programs um, within the fire departments. This is a work that we're doing. A lot of our departments are, are really involved with this. So we're also going to be monitoring that as we go through um, 
the cycle and, and really supporting the EMS components of that as well. And maybe, I think, uh, potentially in a podcast, we might be able to get Governor Holcomb uh, to sit down with us on the podcast as well. All right, gentlemen. Well, just thank you for all of your hard work. We just know that you're at the State House every day looking over our best interests, and uh, we know that it's a marathon and not a sprint. So uh, we look forward to seeing you guys uh, here, there, and everywhere within the meantime. So thank you all for making time today, and uh, just we uh, we just thank you for all of your efforts. So thank you very much. Thank you, Eric. Thanks, Eric. Thank you for listening to the PFFUI podcast. Follow us on social media by searching the Professional Firefighters Union of Indiana. For more information about news and upcoming events, visit www.pffui.com. Until next time, this is PFFUI Communications Director Eric Shoib. Stay safe.